Welcome back to Out Loud with Kai, Elena, and Mia. In this episode, we'll be discussing sex toys, sex technology, and sexting. In this episode, we do want to provide notice that we will be talking more graphically about sex and sexual content. Especially as we move into sexting, we want to make sure that our audience is, as always, both above the age of consent and prepared for the content that we will discuss. We're super excited for this one, so let's get into it. So we talked a lot about sex toys in past episodes, but we really wanted to talk more and focus more on like sex tech, the history, new toys, and all that comes with it, especially as technologically technology <laughs> is generally just expanding so much and so rapidly right now. Um, so yeah, what is sex tech? Yeah, sex tech. Sex technology it's technology or technologically driven ventures that are designed to enhance, innovate, or otherwise change our sexual experiences just in general and in any way. I think it means a lot of things and it also is a little confusing. I think that at the end of the day, what it boils down to is just enhancing our sexual experiences using technology in some form. But I also think that when we talk about sex and technology, like people automatically, like their minds just go to virtual reality and like some creepy person sitting in the basement. And that's not true because I feel like sex technology can literally be like all encompassing. It can be the technology that's just in a standard everyday vibrator up to like, yeah, VR or like even camming. Like there are so many ways that we use technology to enhance our sex lives. So we kind of just wanted to touch on most of this stuff in the podcast a little bit. Um, and that in general, like people use sex technology on an everyday basis. And it honestly is just a part of our everyday life. But there are also just a lot of really cool new things that we can do with sex um, and explore our sexuality because of sex technology. Yeah. So as we're talking about sex tech, I think it's important to also understand the technology and like the history of like how this originated. Because it didn't just like, you know appear um sex tech also a lot of times um referred to as like teledildonics which is like commonly referred to when we're talking about sex tech but as kai said like it's really a big umbrella term that can encompass so many different things so we personally are straying away from that term and just like generalizing using like sex tech but it is often used um in that way so originally the term sex tech was propagated online by cindy gallup and it's associated with like the digital revolution from 2010 and its impact on society and culture so she also quick note has a ted talk you can watch it it's hilarious and she says like come on come on our face like a bunch of times in it and it's just very hilarious to watch the ted talk audience like perceive what she's saying but she's great is she talking about sex tech or she has a lot of ted talks so if anyone is interested in that kind of stuff like you could look up her name she's she has a lot of cool discussions yeah so as i said earlier earlier teledictonics um dildonics is it's a mouthful (laughs) pun intended (laughs) um it refers to the remote connection between bluetooth enabled sex toys which we'll get into a bit that use like haptic feedback to reciprocate or mimic human sexual interaction and i think what's really important about this digital revolution is it's like the whole thing and why this can be so appealing is because it mimics reality exceptionally well Mm -hmm. and it can be scary for some people and that's so valid but it is such an innovative new sphere that and it's it's unfortunate that not much attention is brought to sex tech because it is extremely helpful for a variety of different reasons that we'll touch on shortly but it's really overlooked in the wellness industry and in the entrepreneurship industry in general just because a lot of people are like why do we need this but 
as such, like, sex tech is so all-encompassing. Like you said, like, it's an umbrella. It has VR porn, health and sexual wellness, or app-based technology, um, like, enforcing inclusivity and, like, our body's abilities to be able to orgasm and just basically making sure that everyone has kind of, like, an equal opportunity of some sort to engage in sexual activity to the way that might be enhanced, um, whether that be with a partner or by ourselves. So... Um, we did just want to give that little overview and it's, as we're speaking, even it's developing. So it's like what we're talking about now will potentially and probably be very different from what we're talking about in a year. And that slays, like, it's very cool, but I think that it is kind of like, it's interesting because it's, it's advancing so fast. Like this was, word was created 12 years ago and now there's like haptic feedback that can tell you how your muscles are contracting when you orgasm yeah crazy it is kind of crazy i also think like people are nervous about it like you Mm -hmm. mentioned so i think there is not there's just not as much research done about it and i think that's what's Mm -hmm. like sometimes holding advancements back in terms of this but it's still happening and i think people just like don't know what to think about it and i think that like we really just wanted to talk about it because it's like we said all-encompassing and it can mean so many different things and it's just a really interesting conversation to have it's a big burgeoning industry really taking over so so why should we like involve divulge in sex tech why and sex toys in general like why what can they provide for us so basically sex toys can really help treat symptoms of various disorders like erectile dysfunction, genital arousal disorder, hypoactive sexual disorder, and orgasm disorders. Um, And with all of that, there's also like kind of a sense of novelty and newness about sex tech that can make it, like that can make sex more exciting maybe. It can add like a new layer of like, oh, like there's a new thing that we can do, a new thing you can try. It can be really fun addition to having sex and like with that improve and add to your sex life in many different ways um there's just so many options so many things with sex tech that can just improve your sexual experiences (laughs) and then it can also offer a different kind of pleasure I feel like it can give you a lot of new experiences that you've maybe never felt before whether that's like solo or with a partner with long distance relationships especially like you can't really have physical intimacy um and that can be really difficult for people especially if that's like a really big way that you feel connected to people so it can offer partners a way to really connect sexually in long distance relationships um and then it can also really help people with disabilities enjoy sex solo or partnered a lot easier and it can enhance their experiences and there's just like endless opportunities with sex tech and like just so many things that can come along with it and yeah I think we just wanted to touch on of course there are so many things out there so many brands so many toys that we won't have time to talk about Mm. but we did just want to cover a couple like big things that we've seen and just cool things in general that are out there so the first thing we wanted to talk about is Nice. Yeah. It's um, an iOS tracker for uh, our sex lives. And there's a lot of different tracking. There's like food tracking, period tracking, um, 
grocery tracking. There's so many different <laughs> tracking apps on the App Store. Why and you have that is true. Nice <laughs> at well. nice at this point is free, so this is like a very easy option to just track different sexual activities and whether or not we may have used contraception if that's important to us. We can track different locations we've had sex. I don't know if we're like world travelers. Like that's kind that would be kind of funny. You can have like a little sex map. Yeah, no, that's on my sex bucket list is to like have sex in like every like state, every state. So like you can track things like that. You can also track different partners, which may be helpful for like potentially if we track an STI, you can look in your little contact book and see who you've been contacting. So yeah, that would be really helpful. I for a while had a spreadsheet, like an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, oh. Well, that's very organized. That's very organized. Gorgina. A little, a little crazy. Like I went. A, I went a little. Can crazy. I see it? Like <laughs> I went a little. Crazy. Can you share it? I can with us? share it with you. I kind of stopped doing it though. Yeah. Eventually, and like I kind of miss it just because it is interesting. Not to, like it kind of reminds me of that TikTok trend, honestly, where people like go over their year in review of like mm-hmm. how many people they slept with, how many dates they've mm-hmm. had, etc. And I think it's it can seem a little bit weird, like why would someone want to track that? But I think there's so many reasons, like like you just mentioned, if you got like an STI, you can kind of go back and figure out who you should contact. You can also just think about what pleasurable experiences you had and why mm-hmm. maybe you felt pleasure. Like if you're kind of debating, like maybe this situation, like you did have an orgasm or two because of a certain mm-hmm. situation. So you can kind of use that to help figure out like what you like in the bedroom what feels best for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it can make you feel like, oh, like, I had lots of orgasms with this person and I really like spending time with them. Like, maybe well, that's something you can explore. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little yeah. sex it's, Yeah. <laughs> you oh, yeah, back. that's you cute. Like, wow, it's such a nice little time. It's, <laughs> it's also super user-friendly. Like, as soon as you open it, there's, like, a little winky face button and all you do ha- is have to click that and it means you just orgasmed, which I think is so fun because you can yeah, either do that yourself and then later you can go in and add some details. So, like, it also maps the timings. Like, are you orgasming? more in the are you an early bird or are you like a, like it's just interesting because also like offering ourselves this kind of reflection helps us notice patterns helps things put, put things into perspective and like potentially not even potentially like will increase our pleasure because we're knowing like what has worked for us and potentially yeah. what hasn't and then um something that I just wanted to talk about that I like the first sex toy that I want to bring up I, I I talked about this in my technological entrepreneurship class and I'm obsessed with it it's basically this sex toy it's called like the lioness but I know that there are a couple variations it um when it is used internally it monitors your orgasms and muscle contractions over weeks and help you helps you understand what arouses you most you can like add details it's paired with an app um but it and it looks like a pretty standard vibrator too so it's like not everyone needs to know that you have like a little tesla vibrator you know but it has four sensors it measures temperature it measures force of muscle contractions tracks movement and like the movement of the device which i think can be also really helpful for like medical issues too and like potentially people with endometriosis and things like that and like just these things that can affect our muscle contractions can be super helpful so this is a little bit pricier than most. I don't have the price at the top of my head, but like just generally a lot of sex tech can be expensive, but same thing with sex toys. It can also be really affordable. Mm-hmm. So like really dabbling, maybe starting with like inexpensive inexpensive trackers and like free apps and things like that um, could be a good like way to start. Yeah. yeah. Invest right. in something a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the thing about sex tech too is that it's, they can be so many things so like the price ranges are absolutely insane yeah but i think at the end of the day if you're interested in trying something there's probably going to be some sort of option out there to kind of get you started 
Yeah. You know what's a very expensive, yet commonly, commonly, commonly used um, form of sex tech that we may not think is sex tech? I <laughs> Let's talk about sex dolls. Let's just talk about them. Get them out of the way right away. I feel like they're really stigmatized. They, I'm gonna say most it. Definitely. They are. Most they definitely. Are. They are. They are. I just and like I'm not even saying that like everyone should have one and they're amazing because I think it's a really personal decision mm-hmm. and choice. I am also saying that like I am admitting, I guess maybe that I would maybe be a little bit creeped out yeah. if I was gonna be seeing someone that had like one of those like very realistic like mm-hmm. five thousand yeah. dollars plus sex toys. Yeah, but is there life size? And anatomically correct yes. a lot of the time. Yeah. Anatomically correct. They have like silicone a lot of times that like can feel very That's skin like. They have mm-hmm. density ones too that like really can feel like like actual the weight of a person. Like, of and a person. then you're really. Yeah. Get into a level there. <laughs> you are. And I think, like, it can seem a little bit creepy, but I also think, like, realistically, like, I mean, there is a difference between having a crazy expensive sex doll versus having a vibrator, but I also think, like, society, like, kind of makes us feel certain ways. Like, we should feel shameful about things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's right for everyone, and I'm not saying it's always a good thing, but I also think it, it's an interesting option that's out there. Yeah. Like, some mm-hmm. of these things are, like, literal works of art. Like, you yeah. can customize them. It's absolutely insane. Like, you can add tattoos and piercings and... Oh, shit. Like, like, it's like a voodoo make, doll. Like, make, make your own little person. No, like, it's can. like Sims. It's like Sims. Not like, Sims. I found one that you can literally, like, determine, like, how many eyebrow hairs and like how long oh, your eyelashes and how many freckles and like all of these crazy things because like literal artists make these dolls like a lot of them are like by mm. order and they're like they're just like honestly like little works of art yeah. which is kind of another like weird thing about them but like they can be very customizable yeah. and it's just crazy that we can do that well, I was looking at like one brand that like it's about five thousand dollars for dolls, but like of course, the more you customize it, the more expensive it gets. Mm-hmm. But it's it's out there. I feel like a lot of the stigma also comes from like potentially like because the things that we hear about sex dolls, like the first thing I think of one is like TLC, like you know, like where there's like episodes where of like my strange addiction where people like yeah. fall in love with their sex dolls, but yeah. like we have to be mindful that that's also the sh- channel where people are falling in love and fucking their cars. So it's like yeah. it's you know just you kind can of the extreme end of yeah you can have an unhealthy relationship with literally anything. You can have unhealthy relationships with people, and it's better you do that with a sex doll than with people. Yeah. But I'm still saying that like I can understand why a lot of people would think it's creepy. It's like why can't you just go on Tinder and find someone? But like realistically, not necessarily accessible for everyone and it could be like if you're if it's three in the morning and you want to fuck something that's like a human and there's not a human with you a sex doll is a great option and i think it's also a very expensive option and it's also a commitment because yeah it is you have to clean them and like you can't just where do you hide it have a little closet for yourself i would also like to say that yes they're most like most like the humans are like humanoid but mm-hmm. also like they can be like very fantasy themed like yeah. i've seen like elves fairies like skin tones that are like mm-hmm. not natural skin tones like i've seen like purple like fairies mm-hmm. like stuff. yeah like a lot of like i've seen like i saw like a frankenstein one interesting and mm. that's interesting because i do know there are like the frankenstein like bad dragon dildo mm-hmm. like the people really like because of like the weird ridges and whatnot but, like, there's a lot going on there. Like, it's not necessarily just, like, a human 
with like a couple options. Like there's a lot you can do. And we won't get into it right now completely. We just wanted to touch base. And we also wanted to mention that it can be used with sex toys. It can also like have mechanisms inside that are like remote controlled or app controlled, just mm -hmm. like certain sex toys. So it's just a really interesting opportunity, I guess, out there of like all the technology that's happening and how crazy it goes. Like that's a pretty far mm -hmm. out one when we think about sex technology and like robots and like AI type situations. So the inside can be similar to flashlights. And along with flashlights, um, <clears throat> there's a thing called a flashlight launch pad. <laughs> that sounds crazy. That sounds really crazy. <laughs> it sounds like a really good name. <laughs> it's like, that could be a good name for something, but I don't know if I'd like what the something is. <laughs> but there, so basically, flashlight released an iPad case that has a connected flashlight mounted to it. And this was created to be played while watching porn videos. And they're like videos specifically made for this product. So it can like really put you in that like mindset of like, I am really like having sex with someone right now. POV as um, fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's like VR light. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Mm -hmm. Kind of convincing yourself. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's might not, be it's, more accessible than VR yeah, because it it's is. like cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's, that's an option. It's interesting. Yeah. And then going off of that, we did want to talk about motorized or automatic masturbators that, again, have, like, Fleshlight-like sleeves. And, of course, like, Fleshlight is not the only brand out there that's making masturbators. There are so many brands out there that offer male masturbator or, like, penis masturbators or penis sleeves. Like, there are so many names that are essentially they're all the same toy. So a lot of times it's just going to be, like, silicone or something in like a hard object like a flashlight and they are offering like motorized or automatic ones so essentially you can just like put your penis inside of it and it automatically does the motions so it's like an interesting thing they can be a little bit more expensive i've seen ones that are like you know like 150 to 200 dollars mm. which is it's pretty affordable but, but like compared like, to something yeah compared can, to the doll right yeah. <laughs> compared to the doll it's very affordable and they have automatic settings, so you can, like, not even be controlling it. So it can kind of offer, like, that element of surprise, which could come with mm. sex or, like, a blowjob. Like, you don't always know when something's going to happen. But they also have settings that you can control. It can be app-controlled. Um, something else really cool about these is that they can also be paired. So, like, someone far away, like, a long-distance relationship or, honestly, whoever you want can control the toy on an app from wherever they are. So I think that's another interesting thing mm -hmm. because it... It's not only for solo play, but it can also involve other people. Yeah. And I also know that they can also be used with, like, VR headsets. So you can connect those, pair them together, which is just another opportunity. And then they also have videos that go with, like, male masturbators. Mm. So then, like, you're watching a porn video and, like, as a penis is, like, going into a vagina, let's say, you can actually feel that simulation as you're watching it in real time. So... It's like an it's an interesting thing that there's just so many options when it comes to these masturbators, but mm -hmm. 
It's interesting. I was going to say, just something as like a side note that we always remind people about toys that feel kind of similar to human skin because like that's a lot of what we're talking about here. Even like the sex dolls, the fleshlights and like other things that we'll talk about is just like because we may be spending a lot of money on these things and like making sure we're taking good care of them. Something Mm -hmm. that we have mentioned before is just that we should be potentially like after we clean them to keep. Um, the texture soft and relatively to skin, like similar to skin. Uh, we can use like cornstarch or like some for some brands have like skin specific like retouching to make it like feel that way. But like you can use cornstarch and things like that to like make texture soft. Just because if we're spending all this money, like we don't want to be like yeah. ruining I mean, it every time we clean yeah. it, and we want to yeah. encourage cleaning it. So right. yeah, clean it, yeah. and then. It can still yeah. feel good. A lot of these are made with like silicone, mm-hmm. body safe silicone. So like like with any other toy we like we mentioned before, like of course like we want to make sure they're affordable, but we also want to make sure that they're not gonna like harbor bacteria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure they're made out of good materials because mm-hmm. potentially you are like coming in them and that yeah. you yeah. have bacteria and we don't want it to Yeah. We want to be usable. We don't want to get it. We want it to be, like, a lifelong toy, potentially. Like, we got to take care of them. Mm -hmm. They can be They're an investment. They're literally, like, an investment. You have to, like, keep it good. It's just like a car. You have to, like, (laughs) tweak it. You do have to tweak it. I, yeah. They have malfunctions. There's a whole thing. Oil change. (laughs) Um, So, one thing that I, I think we should talk about that's really... I think a lot of people think of when we think of sex tech is VR. Um, just because, like, with the emergence of VR, there's, like, the emergence of all these new possibilities. And, like, I've talked to a lot of people who have VR headsets, and myself included, um, about <laughs> porn <laughs> and, like, what that experience is like. And um, for folks who may be unfamiliar with VR, it's a headset that you can put on, and it's, like, a 360 simulation, that, and it's, like that's all you see. It's like fitted to your head and then, or into your eyes. And like, you have like this surround sound almost. Um, so that can also be paired with different videos, like POV videos. So you're literally, all that you see, you can see the room, you can see everything. Yeah. And there's specific, like even on YouTube, if you're like curious what a VR experience is, if you just like Google, like VR experience, like it'll be like a full 360 anywhere you look, if you're sitting anywhere, like you can see the whole room, you can see, the partner yeah yeah you can can, like it's like you're you're playing the scene i will say though from my experience like vr makes me a little dizzy so like it's not for everyone and it is a really big investment but i know that a lot of places uw madison like has a vr room in um one of the buildings for like their gaming stuff i'm not saying go there and watch porn i'm just saying like go there and like i don't know play beat saber and see if like you vibe with the way vr is because it it is different but yeah, yeah, you it know that it's disorienting yes, for people. Yeah, and you know that it's a simulation. Like it's it, the graphics are great, but you still you're actively aware that you're in a simulation. Mm-hmm. However, with that being said, some people like that, some people don't. Just another thing to try if you want to try it. Just make sure that you may not have like like if you have motion sickness problems, yeah. maybe it's not for you. Take a fat dramamine before that. <laughs> maybe you should invest in like the flashlight, you know, <laughs> where it's like you're you're out of just this 360 motion. Or the launch pad. Or the launch pad. The launch pad's a good idea. But VR, it can be paired with toys sometimes. Yeah. So, so it's like multifaceted thing really going on. Yeah. yeah. So just like we were mentioning, like a flashlight or a motorized automatic masturbator, all of these things, and dildos too, they can be programmed with our mm-hmm. VR. So it can make 
those situations feel even more mm-hmm. realistic. And then it's like you can invest in all this stuff and like being able to use it at the same time. It's like yeah, and it's like is. you're creating this. I don't even know. It's just like <laughs> it's just it like feels very world. powerful. It's like a little world you're mm-hmm. creating. <laughs> because well, VR specifically too is like predominantly tailored towards solo play. Yeah. Ideally, because if so- you shouldn't VR with someone <laughs> in the same room, that's bizarre. That's but bizarre. <laughs> I yeah. think there like there are more opportunities. Like we have barely like there are a lot of mm-hmm. advancements. But there are so many more to come. I think it's really interesting when we think about VR. Because yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, without other humans. It doesn't have to be so, like, singular. Yeah. Like, in the future. Yeah. We, who knows? Yeah. Who you knows? can, like, VR orgy with, like, all these other people yeah. and create, like, a server. Yeah. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> yeah, but like, no, I was, but uh, like, that's where I, I see this going. When I was uh-huh. looking up some stuff, um, there's, like, VR sex parties yes Ooh. and like like that is like a th- like Mia you were thinking yeah okay. right on that yeah and things as things advance who knows who knows where it could go and I feel like it's a good way to like dabble in stuff if you're not fully sure how you would like the like, like in person experience yeah like, or, like it can any sort of sexual act yeah like if you're like okay I'm a little bit nervous for anal Mm-hmm. Let you me see try. what that experience could look like. Mm-hmm. Or, or role-play. In... Like... Yes, like role-playing could be a thing. Like fantasies could be a yeah. thing. It definitely Furries. is really good for games. <laughs> 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 like, you though, you no, you're so right. You're so right. You too true, too true. I hate, but I love it. Yes, I'm just, like, there are just a lot of opportunities. And I think it's also cool because you can explore your own fantasies or mm-hmm. potential kinks. Without having another person there to feel like mm. the pressure. Like, you can see, like, maybe yeah. you're interested, but you're not sure. And, and maybe se- you're too yeah. scared to and say something. Yeah. And sex is just, like, something so vulnerable with people. True. And I feel like if you can kind of, like, especially if you maybe have, like, a soft spot for something. Like, you can do it at your own pace. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> we are passionate, allegedly. I didn't realize how passionate about we are. <laughs> I knew I was passionate. That's why I bought one. So, what are we going to talk about next? Lovins. Yeah, so this is a brand. It makes a lot of different sex toys, all kind of the same idea, like a Bluetooth version of a toy. So there are a lot of options. You can look up their website. They have like regular vibrators, smaller ones, but they also have insertable, rabbit style, wand, um, masturbators. They have cock rings, nipple clamps, sex machines as well. So there are endless options with them, and they actually have their own app. So whatever toy you're using, it's going to be the same app. And they can be used, like we were mentioning before, like with a motorized flashlight sleeve. It can be used from anywhere. So you can be Hmm. controlling the toy, whatever toy it is, from states away across the world. And you can use this in, like, partnered play, potentially. They also have a really cool thing that a lot of other brands don't offer is you can use two toys of theirs at the same time so like let's say it's two people with like one person with a penis and one person person with a vagina one person can be using like a flashlight-esque situation Mm. like a masturbator and the other person could have a 
like a dildo, a regular standard one. Mm. And as the person is like inserting the dildo into their vagina or anus too, honestly, like, or mouth, let's be like, it could be a lot of different holes and situations. <laughs> the person with like the sleeve aspect can actually feel. Oh, it's like mirroring. It's mirroring. Yeah. So oh, it's mirroring the ridges as it goes down onto the dick as like the ridges are going into the anus. Or Love. Into the so it's a really, really interesting toy. I don't think all their toys can match up, but I think like, they can pair, like, two dildos together or a ma- masturbator and a dildo or, like, a vibrator and something else. So, like, not all of their toys mm-hmm. can be used in a combination, like, mirroring each other, but a lot can. So I think that's also kind of cool. There are even more options with, like, partnered play because when we sure. think about sex tech, it a lot of times is really singular, but this brand just offers so many cool controls, a really good app, I've heard it's like a really good interface too and easier to use and I thought it was just very unique. I actually I'll you know, I've exposed myself a lot on this podcast, but I, I did in fact buy these like vibrating panties. So they have like a Bluetooth remote control that like a partner could use in like public settings too, because it's quite it's like a little bullet in your panties. And, like, the reason I bring this up is because it was, like, $30. And, like, this site, like, there's a lot of affordable options Mm -hmm. if we want to explore partnered sex tech. Um, Just if we feel like spicing things up, like, that could be really fun. Yeah, I just wanted to say that there's, like, a lot of stuff. If you go to a woman's touch in Madison, like, they even have stuff there that, like, would fall under the category of sex tech. Like, a lot of the things we are talking about are kind of, like, we we talk about a lot um, under the umbrella, but, like, so there better. is just yeah. so many options for it. Like, if you if you want something, chances are it exists. I'm wondering, does, like, sex furniture fall into the category of, like, sex tech and stuff? Because, like, if you think about, like, a, like, what is it? Like, a Civion machine? Like, where, like, it, like, I, think fun- I feel like probably, about, yeah. like, ballpoint It has technology. technology are they? Like, kind of, like, they were technology Oh, that's true. That's true. Point. Like, I think we okay. can be loose with what we... So technology is. With that being said, I would say that like sex technologies offers like a very big step towards inclusion for like bodies that may not be able to navigate the same way other bodies do. And I think that that's like super awesome about sex tech. And I know that there's like another brand that was founded by a disability consultant. That that bump in. So we were talking about <laughs> this before. It's like a funny name, but it's actually kind of cool. So it was kind of invented by a disability consultant. His name is Andrew. And it's a really unique toy because there are not a lot of toys on the market that are just for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. When I think like it's just because people don't ever think about like people with disabilities having sex. But they're having sex. They're wanting to have Mm -hmm. sex. Not everyone, of course. But like I think sex tech can also like assist people who have like pain or lack of dexterity or like weakness in their hands or certain areas of their body mm. where they maybe mm-hmm. can't have, like, the mobility or the control to have individual play or partner play. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, using sex tech to help people with disabilities have more sex for whatever disability they have, of course. Like, there are options that are being created now, not even just Bumpin'. Bumpin's, like, a an interesting one because it has, like, um, it almost, like, looks like a pool noodle, but, like, bigger and it has, like, a flexible body that can actually be, like, held onto, and it also, like, can flex in different positions depending mm-hmm. on, like, the sex position, the body type, the needs, kinks, what toy is being used with it, because it actually works with a toy. Mm-hmm. So you can use your favorite toy, and it has, like, a holder that can hold your favorite sex toys that can be, like, 
vibrators, dildos, wands, um, like masturbating sleeves, and it's a very like gender fluid design. Mm -hmm. You can look up their website. It's a really unique toy. Like I truly believe that there's like nothing out there like it. And I think it really just opens up the doors to what sex tech can look like for people with disabilities and really just like, okay. it's so mm-hmm. unique. It's and, so unique. And there's like a huge market for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, especially since it's just super uncommon to find, like, mm-hmm. and there's so many people that would really benefit or would really like to use it. Um, some of the research that we found showed that over 50% of physically disabled people surveyed struggle to achieve sexual, sexual pleasure on their own. And virtually no products have been designed with them in mind, despite over 90% of those people who were surveyed saying that that's what, like, like that they would want one, that they would want one that would help them with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is a lot of people that would benefit. And I like normalizing these toys, too, and, like, the theory and ideology that they're, they're becoming more popularized, because I think a lot of times when we think of sex and disabilities, we don't think of that connection. Right. And because we're automatically like, oh... And unfortunately, like, it's just very true. Like, I was watching a BuzzFeed interview with um, this man who was paraplegic, and it was, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of people are like, oh, so your dick doesn't work, you don't want to have sex. And that's not exact. like, that it's, and he was very cut and dry in saying that, like, that is so false, but it's such a common belief and like yeah and it's like dehumanizing almost because like everyone deserves bodily autonomy and bodily like the right to have pleasure and it's like if that's what we want that's what we deserve to get so it's Mm -hmm. just I love to see that there's so much more out there for people who are seeking pleasure that may not be fully accessible to them and again and two it's like a hug position so you're actually it's like big enough for you to hug it because hands oftentimes are the biggest barrier to people mm-hmm. with disability getting sex toys or toys that are like just yeah. made in general already mm-hmm. and so it, this company like removes the reliance on fine motor skills and just like honestly hands in general mm-hmm. and I think like when we talk about this too like we talk about like occupational therapy too can help make sex better in so many ways and having technology things that we won't go over today and haven't gone over but like there just is a big world out there about like technology or things that we can do to make sex more pleasurable for if you have a disability in general. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, having conversations with occupational therapists and medical providers can help regardless of the situation. And, like, we shouldn't feel, like, pressured or, like, that we shouldn't ask or that we aren't comfortable to ask because at the end of the day, everyone deserves to be having a pleasurable sex life or sexual experiences. People don't think about this when they think about sex tech. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to, like, involve people with disabilities in this conversation. Yeah. and ask them what they want because at the end of the day like people just don't talk about it yeah it's like honestly just like having this option is amazing because for Mm -hmm. so many reasons and there's again there's a market out there for it and there are so many toys that can be created with this in mind using technology that we have Mm -hmm. but there's just so much stigma around it yeah when it's really not like with if we had less stigma around it like maybe we'd have more toys on the market for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. So so sex technology is cool in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think sex technology doesn't just also apply to like the toys and or like aids that we can we can get from that. I think a part of this conversation is porn as well, which we have an episode coming up on. Um, yeah, and yeah, so look out for that where we'll talk a little bit deeper about porn and ethical porn and things like that. But um, for this episode, 
we do want to stress that not only are toys using technology, but technology in general is impacting our sex lives and the way we think about sex. And we'll transition into some porn and also sexting, too. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't think of porn as being involved with sex tech, but it's like, it's literally filmed. It's on a camera. It's on your phone. And, like, you wouldn't be able to have it without technology. You're listening to it with your AirPods. <laughs> like, fucking AirPods. Like, all of that is technologically based. Like, so we're all using sex tech in that way whenever we stream porn. So there are different websites called XO Afterglow. Um, I think Pink Afterglow. Is, yeah, Pink Label TV. There's also Pink Tube, X Confessions. Films by Erica Lust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of them out there. Um, but some of them, I think, have, like, Afterglow, like Elena just mentioned. They have, like, partnered exercises. Like, it's not just porn. Mm-hmm. It can be, which is, like, really cool. But they also have an offer, like, um, behind-the-scenes content to make porn more ethical, to make porn mm-hmm. more realistic, to mm-hmm. think about, like, Having, having consent right and like the whole porn discourse like they really bring it up which i love and it's not just like what a lot of folks might be thinking when they're like filming someone on a couch and is like when did you get into porn and like like on Pornhub, you know what i mean right. and it's like it's like actually talking to these people about how they feel and like establishing almost like a contextual relationship between yeah. the stars too which is interesting but yeah we love ethical porn and we'll talk about that more and balesa love 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 but one part of like i wouldn't call it porn but a technological aspect that we can talk about is, like, fucking FaceTime and Zoom, yeah. Zoom, post-COVID, yeah. but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that having, I guess, like, virtual sex mm-hmm. has opened up a lot of possibilities. Um, and also sexting has expanded to include videos, maybe even, like, audio messages mm-hmm. that you can send people. <laughs> um, and it's been happening since we've had Skype. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I remember a, Skype remember sex. Skype. This is an eight-old <laughs> type of shit. Um, and it's great for camming, long-distance relationships. Technology in general has just changed the game for us, and virtual sex has just created a lot of possibilities. And then there's also amateur porn that people can partake in. Um, anyone who has access to a camera has, um, can basically partake in this, and there's more freedom in doing sex work this way by, like, you can kind of create your own um, porn videos and that, like, gives you a lot of um, agency and power over, like, what you're comfortable with. Um, Yeah, and you can create your own boundaries and your own price ranges and stuff and it just gives people a lot more power, Mm -hmm. I think, in that way. Yeah, and that, like, there's so many options. Like, obviously, OnlyFans is probably, like, one of the more popular Mm -hmm. ones, but there are so many out there that people can, like, really autonomously create their own version of what sex work Mm -hmm. looks like for them and make money off of it. And it's very different because, like Mia was mentioning, we'll talk about it in a future episode, but, like, the world of porn is very interesting. It's complex. It's very complex, so... A lot, of a lot of technology has made it more accessible for people and safer for people mm-hmm. to create porn in whatever way that they're wanting to. While we're talking about possibilities, let's keep talking about the possibilities and, like, the direction that, like, sex tech can kind of go in. Like, the market? Huge. <laughs> it is a estimated $30 billion industry. It's 
2018. That was like a while ago. Yeah, honestly. yeah I'm like, sure it's probably double, if not, yeah. By then. And just 800 million of that is coming from Amazon. Not surprised. It does. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn. Sex tech has a very long history. It's not. If, again, I feel like people have like a different perception of it, but it's like been around since technology has been around, like since we've gotten phones and shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and social norms are slowly changing and I think people are slowly starting to like change their view of it um and with that it's also contributing to this explosive growth that we're seeing um when people are more comfortable um and feel like it's not just this thing for a man in a room like what Kai was saying in the beginning like when it's like it's Mm -hmm. it's for everyone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with that like obviously it becomes a very big industry. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we navigate a little bit away from like more of like the business side of things and like the industry itself, one of the most accessible forms of sex tech is in fact sexting. Yes, and we love if you have <laughs> anything, like if, if you, you have, have access, phone. not even a if phone, you if you have, phone. if you have access to like the internet, like cause you can send it, <laughs> you can access. email, like you can email as fuck. Like, <laughs> Yeah, sex email. I can imagine getting sex email. You can use really anything Wait, you, you can, can type call on. Call it C-mail. A C-mail? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> C-mail. Snail mail, C-mail. Anyway. But yeah, so sexting. We thought about just adding this to our sex tech. Because again, it does use sex and technology in a way. And we also kind of just wanted to think about like different ways that we can use technology to have pleasurable experiences so it can be used long distance. And we just thought it'd be cool to talk about it because a lot of people have a lot of like nerves and anxiety surrounding Mm -hmm. sexting. And it can be awkward. It can be awkward. Yeah. So we wanted to touch base on like a couple of reasons why people might feel like sexting is not for them or feel just like apprehensive about it and then kind of break those down and then just talk about some sexting tips. So why would people be nervous? Why would people be nervous to engage in sexting? It's like, it's from personal experience. I think people feel like there's like some sort of expectation that we have to be the super sexy, sultry. And like, we kind of, at least in my experience, like I feel like I like lose I'm so committed to, like, the scene itself that I'm not even thinking about, like, my pleasure and, like, what I actually want to feel or, like, Mm -hmm. be heard. And I want to more, like, present in a way that makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be difficult, but I think that that's, like, a common thing for someone who would, like, overthink any sexual experience. But I think that taking away that pressure and just saying, like, sexting is kind of just saying what you want and saying what you feel. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, what makes it sexy, you know? Another fear with it, though, is kind of, like, because you're not in that one-on-one, face-to-face interaction, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know how they are responding to it. Yeah. And, like, since there is a digital footprint, like, who are they showing you? Oh, my God. Who, Someone screenshots my this? sexts, I would cry. Yeah, like, that is a fear. <laughs> Privacy is real. Because, like, it is, like, a written record in a sense. And it can be shared or screenshotted without your knowledge, mm-hmm. which is scary. Yeah, I think that, like, that's super valid, but I also think that, like, when we're sexting because there is, like, this increased risk that we all acknowledge and it's important to know it exists, like, we also want to make sure that, like, we're doing this consensually with someone that we trust. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, like, an important 
part of it. So with those concerns, we thought we would just talk about the benefits and then get into breaking them down. So as a generation, we are kind of sleeping on sexting. Like I feel like I, oh, I agree. I know, like people aren't sexting. Like, yeah. Sex no. <laughs> but it can provide a different type of intimacy. It can also help us explore our fantasies or kinks because like we are behind a screen. Mm-hmm. So sometimes for de- depending on the person, it can make it easier to explore those things. We could also sex with like strangers or people we find over the internet. Like sexting mm-hmm. is kind of endless. We can also introduce a new type of foreplay. So with a partner, a long term or Mm -hmm. just a hookup or even a new partner, it can add a sense of foreplay to a sexual experience that's happening in the future or that night. Um, And it can also increase our confidence. I also I like the like anticipation aspect almost, too, because it's like you're you're not fully with that person. But like if they were. yeah. Yeah. I know there was there's one person that wrote me the best sext of my life it was no literally we'll never forget it was like smut it was like phenomenal but I like will probably look back on that for like a while because it's just like really set the scene and like made me really excited to see him again you know like it's it's really cool so like I don't know and like I don't know I'm just like a hopeless romantic it was like a little like oh someone's thinking about me in a certain setting yeah it could be it could be romantic too it doesn't have to be like let me grab you by the cock and rip you over here. You know, it could also be like, yeah, no, yeah, it, it can. I'm sorry, I'm a slow burn girl. I like when it gets there, but like it can, yeah. So what What about, I think a big fear too is like not just not knowing what to say and not wanting to seem weird. So, and that's super fair. So it can be hard to put things into words, especially if we're not super articulate, but how do we start simple? Kind of like the tips we were giving out for dirty talk, it can be a similar situation. So we can start like with just simple like words of affirmation, letting our partner know how like beautiful we think that they are or hot mm-hmm. or sexy or something that they're doing that's turning us on. That is a really, really simple way to kind of get the conversation going. And you could also be somewhat specific. Like, I think it's so sexy how that white shirt you were wearing like really... <laughs> enhanced your breasts or something like that you know like you could be specific like you can use like Mm -hmm. context with that person like because it makes it a little bit more personalized and like yeah yeah absolutely and I think the other fear is that we won't know how the person reacts like Elena said like you are not with that person on the other side of the screen so it can be a little bit concerning, especially mm-hmm. if they're, like, taking a bit to respond. And you're like, like fuck. <laughs> and you're, like, waiting. And you're like, did I go too far? Mm-hmm. And, like, that is very fair, like, the other concerns. But I also think, like, it's really important to have consent when we're engaging in these types of situations. Mm-hmm. And having a mutual understanding can help that situation. Like, if we're both engaging in this, like, you're both probably nervous. And I think we can, like, kind of go through that experience together and take mm-hmm. it slow and it doesn't have to be, like, all the way, right away. Like, it can be small things. Like, just telling their partner that you think that they're hot or, like, telling them that you can't wait to see them that night. And it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be, like, overtly mm-hmm. sexual at first. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of just get used to yeah. doing so that kind of really stuff. I'm really excited to see it tonight. Also, like, gauging the, like, environment is kind of important because, like, if you're home alone and, like, you're the person that you're anticipating sexting is at work, like, maybe that's not the best right. time, yeah, but, like, really gauging context or being, like, or even you can, like, use those things to your advantage, like, teasing a little bit, like, I can't wait for you to be off work because I want to mm-hmm. tell you all the things I want to do to you. Like, mm-hmm. those are very easy ways to, like, 
gauge things without being super explicit, you know? Mm, Which I think is a lot of people's fear is just being Mm. super explicit right off the bat. Just test the waters and Mm -hmm. if you're receiving positive feedback, maybe dive a little deeper. (laughs) Dip your toes, then get drenched. (laughs) Kai, you know how, uh, you know what I want you to say? I want you to give me tips, give us tips, give the world tips right now of, um... I'll do it. Of like, <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, so, do so it. what are your tips? So I have a lot of tips. Slay. Um, <laughs> the first one being is consent. Like, we want to make okay, sure the her. person we are yeah. sexting actually wants us to be sexting them. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, that's just, like, non-negotiable. That's, like, the first thing. And I think that goes for dick pics as well. Most sexting, definitely. Sexting can also, like we've mentioned before, include, like, vi- images or, like, short videos, whether it's, like, on Snapchat or whatever. Like, all of that kind of can come with sexting. So we want to make sure we're getting consent, even for a dick pic. Very, very important. It's not happening. So we need to make that happen. (laughs) Bitches do not want your unsolicited dick pics. Like Mm -hmm. Mia mentioned, too. Like, making sure we're not, like, at an important work meeting or, like, Mm -hmm. fucking sharing their screen on Zoom. Yeah. Screaming. It could be be embarrassing. So we want to make sure we're in a safe space for both parties and or multiple parties like mm-hmm. we could be having sexing or like orgies yeah like, we really could it's endless but <laughs> endless <laughs> possibility. going on to our tips again so like we said it can include images or small clips and this can help our brain kind of like enhance the experience and really get into the sexting um, I also think that we can almost go at it as like playing a role or like role playing a situation. So it doesn't just have to be like you yourself and whoever the person you're sexting is. Mm-hmm. You can kind of add like fantasy elements or role playing mm. elements yeah. that could make it easier for you to sex because it could be hard to be like, this is what I want to say to you. But if you're kind of playing a character, that can maybe make things a little bit easier sure. for you when you're engaging in sexting for the first time. Or it can be an opportunity to kind of explore your fantasies that you haven't explored in real life. So a lot of opportunities there. I think another thing people get worried about is preparing nudes or like taking Mm -hmm. a nude. If you're in the middle of sexting and then you're like, okay, this is hot. But they asked me for like a pic of my boobs. Now what am I going to do? So now you're like worrying. You're kind of getting out of that like sexy mindset. And now you're worried about the angle and you're worried about the picture and how you look and just worried about what they're going to say. So a little tip you could do is like take these pictures ahead of time or have like yeah. a mm-hmm. collection of photos Have like a this. little bank Literally. to mm-hmm. pull from. Then you could pull from it, know that they're perfect, know that they have a good angle, know that they have good lighting and send it and be confident in yourself and not have to worry about getting out of that mindset. And it just makes response time easier and faster. And overall, it's just like a really good way to not get in your head about like how you look and just getting worried about stuff like that. Um, another tip, of course, is like to not go out of your comfort zone, because I think like we've mentioned before, like it can be like pretty explicit and that's not everyone's style. So just like dirty talk, you can kind of start simple, start slow and it's okay. Like you can kind of do whatever feels best for you and best for your partner and kind of decide like if there are words that you're trying to stay away from or if you like, like certain things, um, But it can also be just super simple. So like letting your partner know how hot they are or texting them that you're excited to see them or touch them or fuck them or taste them and that you're just like excited overall, especially if you're planning to see them later, like that night or the next day. It can also act as a form of foreplay if we're in a situation like this, kind of like getting excited about a potential sexual experience that's going to happen in real life. 
going right off of that is like you can also if you've seen this person um before you can use like previous sexual experiences with that person or just previous sexual experiences in general to tell a sexy story and like what you liked about those moments or like you can really think about what you want done to you in the moment um, or like you can even let them know like that one time you like railed the shit out of me like I, I loved it you know you can like very much reflect yeah I think you can also kind of ask your partner like what they want to do to you because I think that could be sexy on both sides um I think that you could also kind of let your partner know what you wanted to do to them in the moment but yeah it can be super simple like your cock is so perfect. I can't stop thinking about it inside me. Or I can still feel your touch. Or I want you so bad. I've been thinking about you naked all day. I had a sexy dream about you. I can't wait to ride you tonight. I'm in bed and I can't stop thinking about what I want you to do to me. I can't stop thinking about when you ate me out the other night. Or just asking if they remember a sexual experience you shared in the past just to get it going. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is just remembering to have fun. Like, mm-hmm. potentially both people are nervous, and I think it can, again, it can just really add a different type of intimacy mm-hmm. to any relationship. Yeah, and I, I, we don't need it to be performative, because, like, at the end of the day, the person sexting you wants you to feel good, too, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the same thing with sex. Like, let's make sure that we're both feeling good, because then the experience is worth it. And it's a scary experience, so we want it to be worth it. Yeah, I think it just gets easier the more you do it. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Yes, or at least better. <laughs> and you know what you can practice sexting on? <laughs> that was the perfect there is, segue. There is AI texting. Yes, and you can practice with them. Okay, maybe. I don't know how, uh, like... It's interesting. Yeah. It's out there. It's a possibility. I was looking into it. It's interesting. It's Use AI. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, ethicality arguments for that, but we're not even going to get into that because AI sexting could be a whole two-hour episode, and we're not doing that. But we just want to let y'all know it exists. (laughs) It's a thing. Um, It's not super popularized, um, but there are bots that offer flirting and sexting and and more, and and people are using this for sure. It's, It's interesting to think about what could happen, though, in the future when it comes to sex and technology, and I definitely see this becoming a thing like simulating human sexting for sure um and like I said there's a lot of positive and negatives when it comes to this and I think it's just like can be controversial and it can be complex but at the end of the day we're not here to tell you how to live your lives we're here to tell you what options you have and this is an option that people have Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of fear out there in general with AI with and like how we rely on robots or technology to fulfill many things, particularly in this instance, are sexual needs and exploration. And I think that this comes from the fear of, like, not needing one another and, like, losing that, like, human connection. Um, or that some folks may just, like, start to have preferences for technology instead of people. And I think that that comes from the same place that a lot of people have for fear of porn and sex toys, just, like, updated a little bit with technology, which is still valid, mm-hmm. um, but is an option because, like, a lot of people may not want human interaction generally and like maybe an option for them so yeah absolutely what about advancements the main technologies that are likely to be important for developments in sex over the next few years are increasing miniaturism of motors and batteries for simulation and stimulation (laughs) (laughs) of the human movement um also improved touch-based 
um, haptic intersurfaces mm-hmm. and virtual reality and brain computer interaction, material, like development of materials, such as like kind of like what Mia was talking about earlier, like way, way, way earlier, where um, it feels like skin. So like maybe like the skin stretching um, and also artificial intelligence for control and response. There's just like a lot of ways that it can keep improving and yeah. yeah, as we're coming to an end, we're just really interested to see where this conversation leads in the coming years. And of course, again, this was not all encompassing. There is a vast world of knowledge out there, studies and technologies regarding what we discussed today. And we again briefly touched on the pros and the cons and ethics when it comes to sex tech and sex and technology, but we barely scratched the surface. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of discourse that we can kind of get into and encourage everyone to do so if they're interested in this. Um, But we're excited to learn more as time goes on, and we are especially interested in the future of more studies that focus on the relationship between sex, technology, and the human condition. In this episode, we talked about sex tech, sex, and technology, and sexting. Thanks for listening. Bye!